Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Today is a, is a big day. We begin a four-part series on the intersection between mental health issues, which I would call a growing epidemic, and the voice and the work of God. As I teach this, and I know that, that this may not be going on as much with some of you that are here in person because you did have the ability to come here in person today, though I don't want to shortchange that because I do believe some people in here could be greatly struggling But my belief is that some people that had a great deal of interest in this that have reached out to me since Friday are not able to be here in person because their level of anxiety or depression or whatever it is that they may be going through is is very, very strong. Now, that may not make sense to some of you, but for others of you that are in here right now, you completely understand that because you've been in this position and you've been in this situation before and you recognize that it's a very, very hard thing. So I just want to be spiritually attentive in this moment to anyone that is listening and watching today, and they're convinced they're at the end, and they're convinced that there is no hope, and they're convinced that there is not an answer out there, and maybe even that God left them or God abandoned them a long time ago. And for some of these individuals, the truth is they just need the cross. They need the experience for the first time. All right, so I'm speaking to to all individuals today whenever we talk about this. Just a little bit of groundwork that I want to say up front that I think is really important for everyone to understand. The first is this. Someone may say, well, Matt, you're not qualified to talk about these things. You're not a mental health professional, and that would be true. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in sociology from ETSU, I have a Master's of Divinity from United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. My training is as an academic sociologist and a pastor. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and let you know that right now. As far as counseling is concerned with mental health issues, I do it all the time. But if you want better resources, meaning you like the 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 the, 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 the um, degrees on the wall and that kind of thing, we have some resources for you today at guest services. I don't think it's enough to talk about this. I wanted to recommend a very, very good Christian therapist that happens to be my therapist as well as my spouse's therapist. So I can vouch for this individual because he's wonderful. His office is in Johnson City. So if you feel like you need those resources and you need that help, let's take this a little bit further than simply what we're doing on Sunday mornings. I'm also not here to speak as an advocate for or against medication. All right. Uh, My view on medication is that for some people, medication is necessary and medication helps them function in society. As I recently heard someone say it, because a lot of what some of you have been told is if you take medication or you don't do this, you don't have enough faith. You know, you've been told that. And some of you are, are probably to this day carrying the guilt over that. 
Heard a pastor say recently, well, if I can't see, I'm going to put on a pair of glasses. You understand what I'm saying? Now, in other situations, you have people who the first thing they go to is medication. And the first thing they look to, and they don't want to try some of the other things, therapy, uh, obviously a life in Christ, exercise, diet, a lot of the things that obviously help. So I'm also very, very careful about that. I do in some ways look at medication as a last resort, all right, but not something that falls into the category of sin. I also am not going to attempt to bring a cure to what's going on in your life. So I'm very sorry. So if you came here today and you said, I have panic attacks all the time, and Matt's going to show me how to get rid of those, very sorry. If you say, I'm clinically depressed, I can rarely ever get out of bed, I've just recently lost my job, I may be even waiting to file for disability because of everything that's going on, I'm sorry, that's not exactly what this series is for. But what my desire to do is to, is to guide you through Scripture and to show you how to make sense of what's going on in your life right now and how to live through that not as a curse, not as a woe is me, life isn't fair, this is a horrible thing, but as something that God uses in your path the same way that he's used alcoholism and a number of other things in my life as well, all right? So the truth is, if we really consider life, life often doesn't make a lot of sense. We really can't make a lot of sense of what's going on in the world right now, but the purpose of life this life of faith in Jesus is not for everything to make sense. And that's really, really hard for some people. Because for a lot of people, well, if I'm following Jesus, or if I believe in God, everything should make sense. But instead, it's for us to trust God through every season of life. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. Not everything falling picture perfect just because you call yourself a follower of Jesus, but to walk through every season of life in a relationship with God, even though your circumstances and the things that are unique to you may not be something that other people experience. A life in Christ is not determined or established by circumstances, good or bad, it's determined or established by a divine plan that we don't understand most of the time. The majority of what you're going to walk through, and I'm not talking about some form of superficial Christianity. I'm talking about a legitimate, you have everything in me. I'm going to trust you I'm going to follow you. If you tell me I need to leave that job, I'm going to leave that job. If you tell me that I need to leave that toxic relationship, I'm going to leave that toxic relationship. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about obedience in the greatest possible way. The majority of the time, life is not going to make sense. What I'm going to talk about today is this idea that we often say, and people who suffer from some form of a mental health illness or disorder often say, life isn't fair. This is not the way that it's supposed to be. Some of you are saying that in your lives on a regular basis, not your will be done regardless of what I go through. But you live with this mindset of life isn't fair. I want to help you grow out of this useless thinking because it has no place in the life of a follower of Jesus. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 5, if you want to turn there. Exodus chapter 5. Chapter 5 of Exodus 
begins with what we could call the long negotiations between Moses and Pharaoh. And they are going to be long negotiations that are eventually going to lead into the plagues that we talked about last year whenever we had our study in in the book of Exodus. All right, so this is Exodus chapter 5, and I'll bet that some of you have, if you've read Exodus before or you know a lot of the stories of Exodus, you've either not heard this story or you've read over this story and never paid much attention to it, but I'm telling you today, this story is going to change your life. Even if you've never struggled with, with, with something you know, in the, in the mental health realm, it's going to change your life. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 5, and we're going to look at, I think, the first 11 verses, okay? So this is what it says. This is the Common English Bible. Afterward, Moses and Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, Israel's God, says. Let my people go so, they, so that they can hold a festival for me in the desert. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord who I'm supposed to obey by letting Israel go? I don't know this Lord, and I certainly won't let Israel go. Then they said, the Hebrews God has appeared to us. Let us go on a three-day journey into the desert so we can offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Otherwise, the Lord will give us a deadly disease or violence. The king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why are you making the people slack off from their work? Because if they go to this three-day festival to worship God, they're obviously not going to be able to work and continue to produce the way that they have been able to produce through slavery. Do the hard work yourselves, Pharaoh continued. The land's people are now numerous, and you want them to stop their hard work? On the very same day, Pharaoh commanded the people's slave masters and supervisors, don't supply the people with the straw they need to make bricks like you did before. Let them go out and gather the straw for themselves, but still make sure they produce the same number of bricks as they did before. Don't reduce the number. They are weak and lazy, and that's why they cry. Let's go and offer sacrifices to our God. Make the men's work so hard, it's all they can do to focus on these empty lies. So the people's slave masters and supervisors came out and spoke to the people. This is what Pharaoh says. I'm not giving you straw anymore. Go and get the straw and what it, wherever you can find it, but we are not going to reduce your work at all. Good job, Moses. You know, you really helped the, 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 the children of Israel out a lot. So I'm providing this example today that's going to set the framework for the next four weeks. One could assume that when God gives instruction, as God often does to his people, that when we are obedient, things are going to get better. Would you not agree with that? Most of the time, if God is pushing you to do something, especially if you're in a situation like Moses and you feel like you can't speak very well and you've got the boldness and you've got the courage to go forward to Pharaoh and you say, I, I'm going to do what God says. I'm not going to be ashamed. And then what happens is it seems like it backfires. Not only does he not get what he wants, but he has the rage and the anger of all the children of Israel because he's made their work harder. He's made the situation even worse for them. So the result is a harder life, not easier, 
More trust, by the way, more trust in God. A harder life, and listen at this, confusion for the leadership. Moses is like, and I've been there, what did I do wrong? I'm trying to be faithful. Do you know, God, how hard it was to try to go forward and talk about this? And now this has backfired and everyone is angry at me? Can I trust you to go forward again? I don't know why chronic anxiety, life-altering depression, or constant racing thoughts exist. But I do know, with more than anything in me, based on personal experience, that how we approach it matters. It matters. It, it's, it's everything. So you have some people, life isn't fair. It's just my cross to bear now. And don't get me wrong, I am not being unsympathetic to what some of you are going through because I know you feel like you're absolutely going crazy inside. My goal in this series is to not help you get rid of the dark. It's to help you walk with God in the dark. You have an idea of what life is supposed to look like. Maybe whenever you are 18 years old, maybe whenever you are happily married at 29, 30 years old, and now life doesn't look that way. You can't even remember that person that you were before this anxiety started. You can't even remember the person that you were before you received this diagnosis. I want to give you a wonderful line, and please make sure I've recommended this book to at least one person in the church and a lot of people over time. This is my favorite book on Christian suffering. All right, it's called Learning to Walk in the Dark. It's by the Episcopalian priest, Barbara Brown Taylor. This is what she says. I have learned things in the dark that I never could have learned in the light. Things that have saved my life over and over again. So there is really only one conclusion to draw. I need the darkness as much as I need the light. What you are going through today is not an accident. What you are going through today is not a sign that God hates you or that you've lost favor with God or God is mad at you. Moses is learning a few important lessons that we see here. He learns them first at the burning bush, but this is it. Trusting in God does not guarantee an easier life. I know at this point, for some of you in here that are seasoned Christians, this should be common sense. But we still throw our hands up all the time and we say, life isn't fair. God uses pain and suffering, often in the form of mental illness, to push us out of superficial spirituality. Let me explain something. It's very easy to be the Instagram Christian. It's very easy to listen to the podcast while you're doing work in the kitchen. It's very easy to make the occasional post. It's very easy to brag about all of the worship music 
that you like. But when the rubber hits the road and tragedy really hits your life and everything changes, and I'm talking about the rug being completely pulled out, you have to admit one of two things. One, you are an authentic follower of Jesus, or number two, you are a fake. And some of you are fakes. And some of the people that are watching this right now are fakes. Because a 10 to 15 minute Bible study a day, throwing up a prayer when things are hard, without full surrender in the darkest moments of our lives. You see, putting God or Jesus into your life in a comfortable sense while you still get to be yourself, that's the American way. It's really, really easy to do. But what happens when the bottom is completely pulled out? I'll tell you one thing that happens. I've seen a lot of people abandon their faith. Seen a lot of people say that you can't trust God. You know, the funny thing to me, and I've said this to you guys before, we never blame the enemy. We never blame the enemy. We never say, I am under demonic control. I am I'm going through spiritual warfare. It's why, God, why did you do this to me? And we walk away. Listen as, uh, as, uh, to what Moses says in verse three. The Hebrew God has appeared to us let us go on a three-day journey into the desert so that we can offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. This is clear instruction. This is what God wants. This is what God is saying you should do. This should be easy. But then listen to how Pharaoh responds. You want them, the Israelites, to stop their hard work? Oh, sure. Have you ever tried to go to your boss? I'm just going to take a three-day vacation and go out to the desert. I'll see you soon. Doesn't work that way, does it? You want them to stop their hard work? And this is what he tells the supervisors. Don't supply the people with the straw they need to make the bricks like you have before. We've at least helped them out a little bit before. We've had all this straw here so that whenever they're making the bricks, we can at least make the work a little bit easier. No, let them go out and gather the straw for themselves, but still make sure they produce the same number of bricks that they have before. This doesn't make sense to Moses. And Moses is probably saying, this isn't fair. And this is the point that a lot of you, as you go through all of this, this inner painful turmoil, start to question God. Why didn't you show up? And, and you know, what does this look like? These, these racing, intrusive thoughts and what you're telling yourself, I'm not normal. God, what happened to me? Severe anxiety that, that seems to come out of nowhere. Uh, Post-traumatic stress disorder. Severe depression. God, why am I going through these things? Why am I experiencing these things? But even though we're not paying attention, God is working through this mess. To go on to what Barbara Brown Taylor says in her book, how many treasures have I walked right by because they didn't meet my standards in the moment? How many treasures have I walked by? 
How many messes that God has put me through have I walked by complaining, saying that life isn't fair when it was an opportunity for me to grab a hold of something and really grow into something meaningful and valuable? Please hear me whenever I say this. And as I say these things, let me also mention that none of this has been recent, fortunately, all right? But I have had more than one suicidal thought in my life. And I have been as far in my mind in my early 20s as thinking about how I would do it and what would be the easiest on my family and the people that cared about me. I have suffered many, many panic attacks. And I've been in situations where I've been so ashamed with my body just overwhelmed with anxiety and feeling like the only thing that I can do to make it better is escape a situation, either that or, or take a drink. I've been in bed for days with depression, stopped taking a very useful medication in my early 20s, felt like I was doing really well. Four to six week, weeks later, completely bottomed out. It was like I was a completely different person. I have had thoughts before that have made me feel like a monster. I have felt worthless and that my best days were behind me. And here's something that a lot of you can relate to that struggle with this. And those of you that are watching online, I've felt so far from that kid that was so happy, that just had his whole life in front of him. And then to say, what in the, what in the world has happened to me? Like, I can't even concentrate on a conversation when somebody's trying to tell me to do something. I can't even be present around people that I care about. I don't, don't even want to leave the house ever. What happened to that person? I felt like the Israelites when they gathered the straw that was once provided for them, that was once right there. All they had to do is reach over and grab the straw to make the bricks, and everything was great. But get this, gathering the straw for the Israelites, it's different, and it's miserable, and it feels like punishment. But God always leads us as we gather the straw. So the point that I'm making to you is that in the process of throwing your hands up and saying that life isn't fair and you're out here all of a sudden, you can imagine how tired they are out in the desert, not only brick making, but also having to gather the straw at this point. God is leading through that experience. You're telling yourself you've been abandoned, but God is actually leading. Now, I've often wondered, because I'm not a very smart guy when it comes to these things, why straw? Why in the world, out of all things in the ancient world with bricks being made, why in the world would straw be within? Please hear this. In ancient brick making, straw provided the stability that held the bricks together. You don't want to leave without this. When God sends you into your darkest places and your most trying circumstances that make no sense, it's for the purpose of binding everything together. 
It's for the purpose of holding everything. Whenever you're going through that fear, that anxiety, that depression, that life can not continue, and you actually feel like you're at the end, it is actually for the process of pulling everything together in your life. And you can choose. You can make a choice to see it that way. I know that some of you are suffering. I know that some people are watching online that I invited to this series because they could not physically be here because of some of the things, emotionally be here because of some of the things that they are going on, uh, going on in their lives right now. But please hear this. Live into the story that God has given you. I believe that while they were gathering straw, some of the Israelites beyond the pain, probably some of the complaining, probably some of the, I'm going to kill that Moses when I see him. They are actually discovering their purpose. So whenever you're in these moments, whenever you are gathering this straw and you're saying, God left me, God abandoned me, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I, I, I just can't take this anymore. Take into consideration that God is actually building something within you that is indestructible. Listen, I have a friend of mine here today, uh, Roger, who at, at the church that he used to attend did an incredible uh, interview on the anxiety, uh, the panic attacks, and some of the things that he had went through in his past. And there is no doubt that through that testimony and what he said has helped a lot of people. That is what it looks like when we live into the story that God has given us. I am not an alcoholic by accident because I can look at a trail of sinners that have fallen into repentance and accepted the cross of Christ and the freedom of redemption in Jesus after I quit. So you can say, woe is me. I'm gathering the straw. Just another day tomorrow. There's no way we can meet that quota. There's no way that we can get as much straw up there as we needed. Or, God, what are you dealing in this moment? You said you would never leave me. You said you would never forsake me. You said you would always be here. So what am I to gather? This is not an accident. Things are really, really hard, but there's something to be worked out in this experience. Your next ministry is around the corner. The next thing that you are supposed to do with your life is around the corner. But instead, we have people that continue to stay in a victim mentality their entire lives. I was speaking with an individual one time, and I was, I was in, a, in a recovery meeting. I might have shared this with you guys before, but he had been severely abused as a child. And we're sitting here having to listen, you know, to all this pain and all these things that he went through. And he said, you know, I use that as a crutch because of the difficulty and the problems that I had for so long. And they're still there, like those mental scars, they're still there. He said, but one day I made the decision to go from being a victim of sexual abuse to being a survivor of sexual abuse. 
So that transition within him, what happened is he went from saying, this is something that I have to live with my entire life and there's no redemption through it, or I can grow through the horrible tragedy that I've been through and try to be a light to other people. And this is exactly where God is speaking to us today. Live into the story that God has given you. God will never send you to gather the straw if he doesn't intend to hold the bricks together. So what do we do with this today? You're in here and you're suffering, you're struggling, you're convinced that God is mad at you, you're convinced that life is fair. I promise you, you're not asking anywhere near the questions that Moses was asking when Moses was saying, God, I did exactly what you told me to do and it's completely blown up in my face. But you're in here today, you're watching online and you're in a place where you just feel like that next panic attack. You've not, you've not had a shower or, or a decent meal in a few days. You've just recently quit your job. You're, you're terrified of what's going to happen next with the Delta variant. You've got all of these things that are in your mind consuming you at all times. What do you do? Two things. The first is this. Communicate with God as you gather the straw. I'm going to tell you something. Since I went into ministry and I was talking to Dad and a few other people, I, I told our senior leadership team last night that I feel like we're under satanic attack. I really do, because of the direction that we're trying to go forward and some of the things that are happening in some of our lives. So you want to know something? I'm gathering a lot of straw. And I've been gathering a lot of straw for about five years. But you want to know something? I don't walk around and say, God, why did you call me into ministry? God, why did you do this? God, why has my, my wife had to suffer some of the things that she's had to suffer? Why have our lives had to change to the degree that they have? Why am I having such a difficult time with, you know, this particular child? Why are these things, why does it always feel like things are falling apart? No. As I'm gathering the straw, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? What is it that I need to learn? And listen, I understand mental health issues. And I know that sometimes, I don't really know what to call this. I would call it a blockage. But it even feels sometimes that you can't really, you can't really grab those things. Like depression can be so severe that you can't even really grab a hold of that. In that situation, you've just got to keep gathering the straw. You've just got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing it. And whenever that depression or pothole or whatever you want to call it, that dip, whenever it, whenever it subsides and breaks through, God's going to be right there. So the communication as you're gathering the straw is going to be very important. Well, you don't recognize that you're actually better off gathering the straw than you are when the straw is provided for you. We just can't see that. That's not how we think because things got harder. So communicate with God as you are gathering the straw. The worst thing that you can do, the worst thing you can do is drown out your pity in social media and Netflix. It will destroy you. I promise. I promise it will. There are people right now in their bed, on their couch, in tremendous suffering because instead of gathering the straw they're giving up and we can't give up number two trust the God that binds the bricks together and he make you a promise on this side of eternity you don't have to just look forward to heaven on this side of eternity God will bind the bricks together. And you are going to make sense of what you're going through 
And one of the forms of fruit that you're going to see through this is people that approach you and say, thank you so much for your story. Thank you so much for coming to our school or to our place of work or going to talk to my friend that is going through some of the things that you said that you've been through as well. God will always bind. All we have to do is look at the history of Israel. God is going to bind those bricks together. You see, God never left the Israelites. He never left them. And He's never going to leave you. It's just that His timeline was a little bit different than theirs. And His timeline is a little bit different for you as well. This is Psalm 139, 1 through 14, and I'm speaking directly today to some of you. Christ is present at the table, and I want you to know that he's present in your heart and in your life right now, if you're in Christ. But some of you who are really struggling, you need to hear this today. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 14. This is David. This is a hymn of praise. Lord, you have examined me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and my resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't You surround me front and back. You put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. That's what David says. I I can't even know that. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. It's too high above. I can't reach it. Where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. But if I went to the grave or shield, you would be there. I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean. Even there, your hand would guide me. Even there, your strong hand will hold me tight. If I said, The darkness will definitely hide me. Life isn't fair. The darkness will definitely hide me. The light will become night around me. Even the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day because darkness is the same as light for you. You are the one who created my innermost parts. knit me together in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that very well. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure
sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.